1: He purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Hi, and welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower Bonus Podcast. I'm James Nokise, and this is clinical psychologist Saab Jahal. Uh, he's going to be answering my questions I have about mental health and giving us some practical advice uh, on what we can do in these situations. So, I want to ask you, Saab, um, about uh, thoughts. Bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I know if I should be worried about yeah. the thoughts that I'm having?
0: Yeah, sure. So when we're talking about those sorts of bad thoughts, I'm particularly thinking about. I think you're thinking about kind of self-harming thoughts. Yeah, right? yeah, suicidal yeah. thoughts. Yeah, but yeah. those sort of scenarios. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tricky. It's really upsetting when you end up having those thoughts, particularly if they're happening over and over again. And there's kind of a difference between having those thoughts as fleeting things that kind of cross your mind and you dismiss them and you go, "Oh, why, why did that come into my head? That's yeah. a bit strange. That's actually not an uncommon experience. Most people have those thoughts. So if you're having those and you're worrying about those, so long as they're not happening too often um, and they're not upsetting you, then they're kind of normal in the terms of range of thoughts that we have. But if you find yourself having things like um, thoughts about killing yourself or self-harming, uh, and they're happening um, quite a lot, they can feel quite overwhelming and frightening. Uh, and the danger is is that if you think that um, the way to deal with this is to just kind of trying to stop yourself mm. from, from having those thoughts, you have this thing called the ironic rebound effect, which is the more you try not to think about something, mm-hmm. the more it ends up popping up into your head anyway. And then you sit there and you go, hang on a second, why am I thinking about this even more? That's why it's really important that even if you don't know why you're feeling this, you know, you feel like, I've got no reason to feel like, and have these thoughts, it's strange. You know, it it can feel like quite, perhaps you might feel a little bit ashamed or guilty about having these thoughts and talking about them with other people. feels like somehow I'm not justified. Mm. I would say, you know go and talk to somebody who is an expert go and talk to your doctor mental health professional there are phone lines that i think that um you're going to share with people at the end of this and that you're going to be able to get some good advice and get a bit of a radar check on on what's going on for you so yeah i would urge you that if it's um feeling overwhelming for you Mm. get some help talk it through and there's, I mean, often, from my own personal experience,
1: I know there's, there's quite a bit of shame involved when it comes to that initial sh- um, sharing. There can be some uh, feelings of inadequacy and feelings mm. of that. Um, but what you say about it being normal? Mm. Um, you know, and So what, what can people do about overcoming that first hurdle, that first reach out?
0: Yeah, so knowing that um, you know, having difficulties like this, where we're struggling with you know, the thoughts that are going in our, in, in our heads and uh, the emotions that are running through our bodies that we're experiencing you know, and all the sensations that we have, these are not unusual experiences. You know, if you look across a lifetime, mm. you know, maybe one in five of uh, New Zealanders go through this within 12 months. Mm. You know, over a lifetime, four out of five New Zealanders, it looks like will go through something like this where they're they're experiencing something serious enough that they would like to and probably need some external help for it. So it's a really, really common experience. You're not alone. Uh, And we know the more research that we do, the more common this is. So, you know we're all going to be there at some point. Most Mm. of us are going to have experiences like this. So there's no shame in reaching out for help. Mm. Um, And I would say, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, somewhere where you feel like you already have a relationship with that person. So it feels like it's a difficult conversation. You Mm. can ring an anonymous helpline, reach out in the way that's comfortable to you. uh, And your first point of contact, if you discuss those sorts of feelings, like I would like to talk about this, but I'm not sure how, they they can give you some options about that too.
1: And what can we do when someone uh, tells us about their trauma?
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, you know, if it's something like this, where someone's saying that they're actually, you know, worried about harming themselves or thinking about that, then, you know, helping them to, to, to perhaps go along to a first session or being with that, um, being on that phone call, being on the end of the line with them and sitting with them through that could be a really helpful thing to do. But let's say, for example, it's something that's gone on and in, you're uh, in maybe um, related to that trauma somehow. Mm. You know, maybe it's something like abuse that's gone on in the family. Mm, mm. You know, often, um, you know, that's really complex. And I would say that you know, that can go in all sorts of different directions. Say, for example, um, someone discloses to somebody else that this abuse has taken place in the family. It can produce feelings of anger of you know, wanting to see justice done. Mm. But on the other side, it can, be, it can lead to feelings of denial, of actually, you know what, actually, I don't want to talk about this because I kind of I find this too hard. And the implications and the ripples and, the, and the, what it's going to cause in our family and wider mm. is something that is really hard for me to deal with and I don't know where to start. So I'm actually going to try not to, I'm going to deny this is happening. I would urge you, if you find yourself in that situation and reacting in that way, then to get support not mm. just for the person who's who's told you but also yourself and to think about how is it that you're going to get through this experience sort of trying to resolve this new information this new thing mm. that you've learned together
1: and is that quite normal for the person who is being the support for the person who's had the initial trauma to themselves reach out for support
0: yeah absolutely there's this thing called uh, you know even if you're not related to the the thing that might have happened called vicarious trauma mm-hmm. right so just hearing something that someone has been through which has been disturbing for them can leave you with with stuff that you're still processing right Mm. so even more so in that situation but even if you're helping with somebody and you're not related to what it is that they're talking about making sure that you get support too particularly if you've been doing that for a period of time that's going to help you to sustain yourself being a support to that person and we're all connected with each other so making sure that we understand that we're affected by stories like that it doesn't mean that we we become unavailable but it means that we need to take care of ourselves too and sometimes that means making sure that we uh, we get the support we need Thanks very much, sir. Uh, Thanks for listening to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower
1: bonus episode uh, here on RNZ Podcast. You can hear the main show on RNZ National every Wednesday or you can find us here on uh, RNZ Podcast and Apple iTunes. Uh, We'll see you again. Kia ora. This podcast is made possible by the RNZ New Zealand On Air Innovation Fund.